Welcome everyone to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate, here with Jimbo. What's up everybody? And we are back again with a YouTube video and podcast. And this week we've got a couple big names that we should probably talk about. And so we are going to talk about them. Um, the list of names we're going to talk about today, Luis Arias, Ellie De La Cruz, and Jacob DeGrom. Um, so let's start with Luis Arias because he's probably the least exciting name of the bunch, even though he's exciting, the least exciting name of the bunch, right? And so, um, Jimbo, I'm sure you have seen this, but Arias is currently hitting, we'll get rid of that ad. Uh, Arias is currently hitting 403. He has 87 hits in 58 games. 452 on base percentage, 495 slugging, 947 OPS. Have you ever seen a 400, 400, 400 triple slash line in your entire life in June? Because I sure haven't. No, that that's crazy. I knew he, he was doing well before the injury, but I didn't know he was doing that well. That's really... Wait, he hit 316 last year? Yeah, led the led the uh, MLB in, or led the AL oh. in, in average. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought this was uh, uh, Urias. Urias. Yeah. No, 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 no. Luis Urias would never hit 400. He barely hits 250. My no, bad. Luis Urias. Okay. See, this makes way more sense. I just instantly thought because Brewers. You know. That's fair. So I was like, no, wow, I didn't realize Urias got injured. I guess maybe I'm missing something so i had to go check no 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 luis arias currently hitting 400 uh as far as i know the last person to hit 400 this late in june was chipper jones back in 2008 he did it up to june 18th and then somebody did it in 2000 i can't remember the name right now into july um so we'll see how far luis arias can take this obviously it's really hard to do and a lot of times, guys that bring their 400 averages into the All-Star break will lose it afterwards anyways. Um, so we've got a lot of season left. But it is cool to see mm-hmm. June June 9th, 403 average. June 9th. Yeah, you're right. But anyways. Hey, hey wait. Oh, oh, thank you for reminding me. Are we wishing you a happy birthday today? You know, we might. We might be. Should, it, should, it I might be just singing? Be. should I be but, singing on the oh, podcast? No, we're not, no, we're not, we're not going to do anything. What we're all going to do, though, is take a moment, say a quick prayer to get the Tigers to be good again. That's all I want. That's all he wants. That's all he wants for his birthday. Jimbo, happy birthday. I'm sorry. I I, uh, I should have remembered. Shame on me for having to remember uh, in the middle of the podcast three minutes no, in. Good, um, but happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. There's nothing else I would want to be doing more than doing a baseball podcast with my good friend, Nate. Ew. Is this the big 3-0? It is the big 3-0. Oh, the big 3-0. It's weird, man. You know, people always talk about it like, oh, you know. All right. Uh, likewise, this will be our last podcast because I can't be seen doing a podcast with a 30-year-old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's weird to say, dude. It's weird to think. But anyways, going back to baseball. <laughs> Luis, uh, oh, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Everyone, drop a drop a happy birthday to Jimbo in the YouTube comments. Oh, that'd be cool. And uh, and and we'll go from there. And and tell Jimbo your favorite memory of him in Dinging Corners. That oh. would be a good birthday present. 
That would be fun. That's one thing that I would love to do is go through our old our old old episodes and get some of our takes on some of the players that we talked about. Um, and that would be fun. Um, uh, but here's one take about Luis Ar- uh I can never say his name. Arise. Arise. Yep. Arise. Is he's like that, he's like a Hispanic E trio. He just slaps the ball. Like he just slaps the ball. So I if there is ever a player to maintain this it's a player like this because he's just taking whatever the, the pitcher's given him and no shift, you know, yeah. the, um, and with the bases being bigger, like everything kind of just plays to his advantage and being in Miami, I feel like is a huge plus <laughs> because of the gaps. Uh, that's true. Huge ballpark. Now the twins ballpark isn't small, but Miami, the big ballpark. Um, what's crazy to me real quick is, 17 extra base hits, one home run, one triple, 15 doubles, 87 hits. It's so crazy. 60 of his hits have been singles. What else is crazy to me is like in the past when I know when you see a guy who hits a lot of, you know, swings a lot, gets a lot of hits, um, or sorry, a guy who doesn't strike out a lot, he only has 11 strikeouts on the year. Is that usually these are guys are free swingers and they might have a high average, but they don't have a high on base and they're not, you know, they're not very good. Um, and uh, he's destroying that narrative in my brain where it's like, you know, like the Gene Segura's where it's like, or Orlando Arcia never strikes out, but also just not very useful. Jose Iglesias was the first one in my mind that I had that, you know, he was on our team for the longest time and his average was always high. And, you know, people are always like, but he's hitting well. But now that we have OPS and we have, you know, more data, mm-hmm. those players aren't they, – they don't look as good as they did five years ago because we have different stats to compare, which is awesome, which I love. It makes things way more fun. Correct. And, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of cool to see one player breaking a mold of what is in my head of, okay, yeah, you can have a guy with a high – a 300 average with a 330 on base and a 380 slugging, not very useful. Mm-hmm. But you get a guy like, and if he's not batting 400, all right, if he's not batting 400, we're having a different conversation. Because if he's, his his on-base percentage is 50 points higher, which is nice. His slugging is 95 points higher. You know, if you drop these all by 100 points, that's a significantly less interesting player. He's a 747 OPS as opposed to a mm-hmm. 947. Um, but I think the, the more interesting thing than the stats, and the stats are interesting, is something I did not realize, and now I feel like I have to go dig through my cards. Because check this out, Jimbo. This is crazy. This is crazy to me. And we're not even going to be talking about a nice card. I think it's not that one. That one, I believe it's this one. Luis Arias. All I did was, did I spell that right? Maybe I spelled it wrong. No, I you spelled it right. Wrong. No, I spelled it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. All right. So Luis Arias. Um, this might not. This might not be crazy anymore. <laughs> Do uh. Oh, no, no, it's still crazy. Four tops Chrome update rookies, thirty-seven dollars. All right, I'll see you next week. I got to go dig through my value boxes. PSA 9, 35 bucks. Right? Um, a 
Uh, Tops update. Chrome, $10. Refractor Auto, $127. Tops Chrome... It doesn't even say. $26. Like, dude, we're talking about $7 to $8 for Tops Chrome update rookies. Dude, what are we doing here? Or not $8. I didn't know they were that high for the base. I have so many of those type of cards that I like. I have in my office at home, I have probably 15 boxes of like value box, like top loaded everything value boxes. And I recently went through them. It's mostly baseball because, you know, I'm a baseball guy. Yeah. And 2019, I ripped a ton and those were in there. Um, I knew his Bowman Chrome autos were doing well because I graded a bunch in the off season. And then this season, like, like a month ago, I did a show. And I was doing like copying, you know, setting prices on stuff. And his stuff was pretty high for him being, you know, not a, a rookie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's interesting. So there is like some buzz around this, which just proves like people still look at the batting average and stuff like that. Obviously, he, he's having an incredible start on all categories. But even if you if you just hit 300 without the power, I think they still sell because that's what the market people are still looking at batting average for yeah. card price. And Not everyone. 400 in June. You're going to get, you're going to make money. And look at this four tops update. You know how many stupid Luis Arias cards I've just been in a box for years that I've just like, I, I sleeved and top loaded them years ago and just haven't done anything with them. You better believe I'm pulling them right out after this, putting them on eBay and taking whatever money I can get. I don't need $17 for four. I'll take $10 for four. If I'm getting two fifty a card, I'll take done. a dollar. Yeah. I'll take a dollar each for all. Like that is nuts. I am. That is literally what I'm going to be doing today. Cause I know I have tons of them. Yeah. I mean, 428 for a base rookie, Louisa rise. Yeah. Come on. People that are listening, go to your local card shops, dig through the value boxes, dig through the twins. If they're, if they're category, uh, category, categorized. Yeah. Um, dig through the twins, dig through the baseball section, find these cards, find these players, like, do a quick MLB search of the top 10 players batting averages or OPS and start digging through some value boxes and finding these gems, man. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I was blown away. Like I was just expecting to go on car ladder. All right, here's the tops Chrome rookie auto. And here's what it's doing nowadays. Uh, it's moved up this much, not, Oh my goodness. $5, $4 for a tops update base. More than that for a Topps Chrome update base. Like, what? It's insane. That is nuts. I'm so glad you t- you brought that up because I didn't know that before this. It's free money. It's literally free money. It is. I mean, okay. I had to buy the boxes back in the day. And we all know that I spent way too much money every time I walked into a Walmart or Target, right? But <laughs> yeah. still. They were $20 boxes back in the day. Getting $5 back five, or four years later now? I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take that all day. And and plus, that doesn't even include, you know, um, was that Series 2? Update. No, that's Update. I said a million times. Um, that doesn't even include, you know, all the other cards. So it may have been sold through those years ago. Uh-huh. So, And check this out. We'll even change the uh, banner so that it actually reads Ding and Corners instead of uh, our hockey, uh, our hockey branded one. Um, so that looks better. But yeah, so Luis Arias going crazy. You know who else is going crazy? Ellie de la 
Cruz. De la Cruz. Um, so let's pull up his – I got his game log here. So first game, had a double, had two walks in uh, in uh, five at-bats. Double and two walks, which is really good to see mm-hmm. from a um, – and we'll get the Blue Moon ad off of there real quick. Uh, real good to see. Because, you know, walks to strikeouts were kind of the concern mm-hmm. in the minors. Um, and that double was also, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, anybody who's listening to this, but I believe it was around 112, 113 miles per hour. He also had like 109 mile per hour ground out. He hits the ball hard. I watched uh, all three of these games uh, twice, actually. And he hits the ball hard. Dude. How, okay, so that brings us to game two, speaking of hitting the ball hard. He took a 92-mile-per-hour fastball top corner of the strike zone. Top corner, 92 miles per hour. And launched it a reported 458 feet for a ball that landed in the very top row of Great American Ballpark. Almost hit it out of the park. Nuts. At Great American yeah. on a ball that was 92 and not up and in because it wasn't up and in, but like top corner of the strike zone. That's the type of ball that you get mid mid and launch 458. He launched it at 458. And again, I don't believe that number for a second. That's the top row of Great American Ballpark. I just don't believe. It. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not sure on the distance, but the the height of it, the uh, the local the CV, CVG the. Um, Airport reported it that it like hit high enough where it came on their radar. Seriously? Yeah. And here's the thing that's cool about Ellie Dela Cruz. Like I, I grew up in Ohio, went to school at Cincinnati. I lived there after school even for a while. A lot of my friends, family still live there. I had so many people text me, Jimbo, how do I get this? I need some cards of this Ellie kid of people that never text me once about cards. The, the, this is what's so great about the, you know, the injection of like the youth, the excitement. That stadium was rocking, dude. Like the, you know, for for the Reds, for the Reds, mm-hmm. and it brings excitement for the city. My cousin even texted me. She was at the debut. She's like, "Yeah, uh, everyone was talking about." It, so I got tickets and I went. And I was like, "What? Like, what? like you never go to baseball games." So like, that's what's great about this youth movement, and it's just fun. But at the same time, not to be the Debbie Downer on my birthday, but be careful buying into the hype with this because as we were talking about him beforehand, there's always like a red flags with with each player like this green flag on everything. But the biggest red flag, the only red flag that I that I can think of is that K rate. Yep. Which and, and you could see it through three games. He struck out in 46 percent of his bat at bats. And though teams will adjust, you know. Yep. And so there's going to be this excitement, which is great. Remember that, bottle it up. And then when things start to decline for him and people aren't talking about him as much and the next person gets called up, remember that excitement. And if you really do believe in this excitement right now, buy him on a discount when that time comes because it will happen. Yeah. Hey, you know what the nice thing is? Even with a three-strikeout game yesterday, he still snuck a hit in there. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, important things from a young guy. Maybe not as important if it's like a vet, but a young guy to sneak a hit in a, in a three-strikeout game, we'll take that. Uh, so, yeah, Ellie just 
just insane, insane start to his career. And obviously, a 46% strikeout rate is untenable. You know, if he keeps that up, he's going to have to hit the ball hard all the time, every time he makes contact, and do damage every single time he's up. I'm not talking singles. He needs to be hitting doubles, triples, home runs every at-bat if he strikes out 46% of the time. The likelihood of that happening? Almost zero. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the excitement is there. I, I enjoy seeing the highlights. I enjoy him being up on the Reds. I like when the Reds are exciting because I'd rather have them and the Pirates be exciting than the Cubs and the Cardinals. Speaking mm-hmm. of the Cardinals, uh, at one point this last week, they lost seven of eight. Jimbo texted me, he said, uh, pretty soon, in one or two years, the, the Reds are going to be more of a problem than the Cardinals, to which I responded, the Reds are more of a problem than the Cardinals right now. Dude, the Reds are sneaky. Yeah. I and mean, they just brought up your boy Andrew Abbott. They've got Nick Lodolo. They've got Hunter Green. They've got a couple other uh, pitchers that they have acquired over the years. From, you know, the Chase Petties and the Brandon Williamsons um, from the Mariners and from the uh, Twins. Um, they have the Matt McClains called up and the Ellie Day, the Cruises, and the um, uh, – Christian Encarnacion Strands and the other two that they got from the Twins, I can't remember the name of. Yeah. Um, and like Senzel just went on the DL, but he was having a decent season. And so it's like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. They're good. But we just covered them a couple weeks ago, so we're not going to rehash the Reds again, though they are exciting. Um, but what we can talk about is the Ellie De La Cruz card market. Let's do it. And uh, let's figure out which one uh, yeah that's the one so i have one card pulled up here sorry not trying to yawn you need an energy drink man oh i'm trying to avoid caffeine as best as possible yeah i was i drink like a soda at like one o'clock and then like at night i'd be laying there and my chest would feel tight and it would feel like racing and stuff and i was like either this is the caffeine or i'm like dying or something from so, one pop yeah from one and I'm 30. Like, who's the 30-year-old here, man? That's true. One pop? I, mean, I mean, I'm getting pretty close. <laughs> one getting... pop, though, in the, at 1 o'clock? You feel that, it now, now, number one, number one, it's called soda. <laughs> Even if it's your birthday, it's still called soda. Um, potato, potato. And, and, yeah, one, like one Mountain Dew, unless it's mixed with alcohol, it was uh, – it was giving me it was giving me some tight chest and some racing. So oh my gosh. Yeah. So I've been avoiding caffeine for the better part of I think I've had caffeine three times in like the last three months. Wow. I've had caffeine three times in the last three hours. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well more power to you. Um, so check this out. Ellie Day the Cruz, non first red sapphire PSA nine. Fifteen hundred and thirty-five bucks. Now you look; it's a nice color match and everything, but yeesh. Paper base, Ellie David Cruz, seven dollars and thirty-seven cents. Uh, that must be that can't be true. What's going on here? Bowman Chrome first base, thirty dollars. I mean, think about it. Jordan Walker was forty-five. Base twenty nine bucks. So, you know, paper base thirty dollars. <laughs> this is why I love 
baseball prospecting. And remember how you, this is why I sell on debut every time you see this. So, so my cousin texted me was the one that she was like, Hey, I went to the game, all this, I need to get cards. And so I was texting her back and forth. She goes, I go, cause right now is the time to sell. And I explained to her all that. And I showed her like, I was like, yeah, I just sold. And I had like seven PSA tens base uh, Bowman Chrome first. And they sold mm-hmm. for, I don't know, like a hundred dollars each during the opening day. But this is, and then I went back and I was like, how much did I buy those for? Because um, I, I, I looked on my eBay, I, I snagged them for like $4 because I bought something else and they had those and I bought them just to add to the shipment because it was free shipping if, uh, for additional items. So mm-hmm. I, like, yeah, I always do that. I always see what else they have. And then I scoop them up and buy them all. But anyways, bought it for four, graded them. You know, some of them got nine, some of them got 10, seven of them got tens and you just list them and you let them sit because someone will get excited and not everyone will have them listed during that time. And you sell them, sold seven of them for a hundred each. So that's, let's say I walk away 500. I'm going to take that 500 and buy a gold auto of the next player. And then, you know, maybe get a few of the base of some of the other players for like that $4 range. And then just recycle, recycle. That's why I tell people like you can, I'm not a like grading base isn't, good idea anymore but at the high end i always say like the top three guys in a product it's it's worth it because you'll be the only like you want to have them graded in in your hands before other people do that yep yeah i mean it's a risk obviously you need a ellie de la cruz call up and excitement around triple a like if he didn't have the triple a season he had and then get called up you're not getting 100 bucks a pop so but but probably 50 Considering you're probably into buying them and grading them for twenty five bucks a card, oh yeah, that's worth worth the risk. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ellie, amazing. But we'll move on because it's been twenty two minutes and we're trying to go a little bit quicker today. One, I've got things. Two, it's Jimbo's birthday, so Ooh. we don't want to keep him too late. Um, so let's move on to the less exciting news. Unfortunately. And that is our guy, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. So we've got pulled up here his baseball reference page. Um, one real cool thing I didn't realize, he has the most strikeouts per walk or the best strikeout per walk rate in MLB history at 538, which is cool. Wow. But uh, this is a dude who, if we scroll up here, you'll see 44.6 wins above replacement, put on 0.7 this year. So we'll just round up and say he was at 44 going into this year, right? 44 wins above replacement going into this year. Obviously, he had dealt with injuries, but the baseline is 60. So, you know, not out of the question that he could still maybe hit the Hall of Fame. Um, and then he obviously, and, and this is with, this is with having, you see this here, nine, 68 innings because of 2020, 92 innings of a 1.08 ERA with 146 strikeouts, which is just absolute insanity, um, before he got injured. And then last year's only 64 innings. So we're talking about an amount of innings that like barely equals his 2018 season in three years. Right, mm-hmm. you know that's 132 plus uh, 92, uh, 124 innings. If I did that right, um, 
So 124 or 224 innings, sorry, 224 innings in three seasons. He did 217 innings in 2018. And remember, he came up at 26. Um, so the fact that he's even close to the Hall of Fame when he came up at 26 is would be absurdly yeah. impressive. But now he's injured. Only through 30 innings this year. Tommy John surgery going to be out the rest of this year. And because it's a 12 to 16 month period, if it goes to the end of those 16 months, he's going to miss all of next year as well. Which, you know, you're throwing, he's at 252 innings in, uh, in what will amount to being five years. Dude, that's when, Oh dude, when they signed him to that contract, Five-year, $185 million contract. I was like, in my head, I was like, like, are they doing this to sell jerseys and then put an insurance thing on them? You know, like, and hope to just get your money back on them. And then if he plays, great. Because since 2020, look how many innings he's had. Well, I guess you had that COVID year. But the uh, – like, he, Yeah, it's been injury after oh. injury. And, I mean, he, he is extreme – See, this is how I look at things like this. If I was if I was an owner and I had a Jacob deGrom, I'm literally like – I would start his spring training the last month of the season and then let him go for the Just playoffs. let him pitch in the playoffs? That's not a bad idea. Look, if, if you're a team like the Rangers and it's like, hey, we, you know, like we got to let, – let's see what the squad's doing around us. Like I always thought that with some of these like super high-end like – injury prone pitchers where they'll get like, but if, if they're healthy, they're getting you a win, you know, like why not save them like that? I um, wonder if you could do a deal where it's like super incentive laden where it's like, all right, you get $10 million just for pitching for us. And then, and obviously you'd have to make massive incentives because otherwise they would just take the guaranteed money. So it's like $10 million to pitch for us. And if you pitch, 50, 50 innings, you get another $10 million. And you pitch 100 innings, you get another $5 million on top of that. And you pitch 200 innings total, maybe you get like $40 million extra and make $50 million in the year type of thing. Um, but I love that. For, for the Rangers, it's one of those things where like pitchers like this, we're talking about a dude who had a 108 ERA in 92 innings just two years ago. That is nuts. Pitchers like this just don't come about. So I understand signing and I understand just crossing your fingers and hoping after a couple of unhealthy seasons that he stays healthy, you know, but he didn't. And now you're missing the rest of this year. You're missing next year. And that is going to end up being, we scroll down to the bottom to find his salaries, you know, 30 million. He's probably been paid out 10 million of that or so this year. So 20 million to not pitch. And another forty million to not pitch, oh. um, likely. So that's sixty million dollars <laughs> off the payroll to not pitch for them. That's tough. But oh. again, we're talking about a dude who had a one hundred eight ERA in ninety two innings. If he can stay healthy, I mean, like you, I, I at some point I feel like if you have the money, you take that risk. I don't know, man. That I mean, that's the raise right there. 60 million. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. For one play, like I'd rather go out and give the Rays 60 million and give me Shane McClanahan, you know, and, and I'll throw in a prospect and 
because I I bet the Rays would sell like if the Rays were able just to sell their players like how how soccer does it. Yeah, they would they would do that because that's the only like that's the only way they keep going. Like they sold Blake Snell because his contract was too much and it was not even that crazy. But anyway, I don't I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Question for you, Nate. I know you said something about the Hall of Fame for Jake Degrom. Instantly yeah. in my head, I was thinking Kurt Schilling because you know the controversy of him making it in or not. Yeah, he's not in. What's your thoughts? If you had to pick Jacob Degrom or Kurt so, Schilling, so there's other things going on with Kurt Schilling, right? Yeah, that's not going on with Jacob Degrom. True, but just stats um, alone. But throw all that other we're, we're stats only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. That's a that's a hard that's a hard argument though, because because you know honestly was... I don't know the honestly I don't know the backstory of it and I have a feeling it's not a good backstory and now yeah. I'm like yeah I shouldn't have brought it up yeah but... we don't want to we don't want to get into it um there's, there's rumors and scandals and everything oh okay no. um Jacob Jacob Degrom. Degrom though for me for me he was the best pitcher in baseball for a good three year stretch right yeah. Um, from, from 2018 to 2020. And again, obviously 68 innings, but strike shortened. He was the best pitcher in baseball and he was really the best pitcher in baseball in 2021, but he didn't get to pitch, uh, too much because he got injured. So for that three year stretch, he was, he was literally better than anybody. And I would have taken him number one over anybody else in baseball to be my guy on the bump game needs to be won. I'm not choosing anybody else. Jacob Gram is one one on that list. So, like, the peak is incredible. Even though it's not a, usually it needs to be like a seven year peak for Hall of Fame, it's a four year peak, right? But the peak is unbelievably good. Um, now the question is, you know, the sixty, the sixty, uh, quote unquote wins above replacement baseline. So he needs 16 more wins above replacement. If he becomes healthy at age 37, if he, he pitches 37, 38, 39, and age 40, he needs four, four wins above replacement a year. If he pitches to 41, 42, you know, he needs less than that, obviously. And he could get away with um, three or under three if he pitches age 42 season. So, like, I think he can still get there as long as he stays healthy. I think he can get there. Um, but that's a big that's a big ask. If he comes back mid-year next year and gets a couple more innings next year, it's even it's even a little bit easier. But then it comes down to all right, what numbers does he have to get to down here? He probably needs two thousand strikeouts at least, right? He probably needs, you know, an extra some round number of innings, some round number of strikeouts to pass um, and stuff like that to where it gets, it gets them to the point where they look at both. They can look past the injuries and they can look past just meeting the bar and seeing some other things. It's like hitters, you know, a hitter needs essentially needs 2000 hits to make the hall of fame. They can have 60 plus wins above replacement. If they don't have 2000 hits, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, my other question is if, when he, like, if, if he comes back, when he comes back, do you even think about moving him as 
to put him in your bullpen and make him a closer just to hopefully help his arm out. Now that's a huge price tag for a closer, which you almost can't because of the price tag. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're getting multi multi inning use out of him, where every couple of days you can put him three innings, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Maybe that's worth it. As long as he can pitch, as long as he can pitch a couple times a week where you're just like, all right, I'm saving, I'm saving my closer. I'm saving my regular setup man. Um, and we're going to Grom this game, seven, eighth, ninth. You're probably going to, you'd probably win a lot of games that way. And he, he could, he could get some innings in without it being overly taxing. I suppose if you pitch, you know, two times a week that way, six innings a week. That being said, I don't know what that would do for rest wise. Like, I don't know how much rest he'd need between. And I don't know what that would do. I could see that. I couldn't see them spending $40 million on a one inning guy. Yeah, me either. But I get the point of it being a much, a very difficult situation to be in because he clearly can't stay healthy. So I don't know if you, if, if you wanted to get some, some value out of your contract and didn't want to risk another injury, I do think that maybe a multi inning reliever role where you have another closer he's not your closer but you can get you can guarantee yourself three really good innings in a game you're winning out of jacob Degrom. that's pretty good yeah yeah it's just crazy man the price tag and knowing the the history of the injuries and he still got paid that much is just wild it's so much money it is an absolute ton speaking of money you want to see money lost. We uh, talked about money gained with the other guys. Money lost, Jacob DeGrom. In the last year, you can see this over here. We've got his top scrum update, PSA 10. One year, down 71.5%. Started at 500 bucks, and that might have been a little bit high, but even if it was 335 387 474 right? Um, it's down to 142 in a year. Yeah. And... Uh, Oof. Yeah. If he can't make the Hall of Fame, Ugh. you know, if there's no chance at the Hall of Fame, how much lower is this going to go? It, it'll drop pretty, can, like, quite a bit. But here's the thing, though. Positive note. Justin yeah. Verlander, fantastic, you know, and, for the longest time. Struggled for the Tigers, had injuries. Literally, in my mind, I was like, let's trade him. Let's get what we can for him. He's maybe got two or three years left. Goes to Houston. Gets married to Kate Upton, you know, does all and, you know, starts pitching incredible again. And he probably has another, what, probably and two more we, years after this. And he blew out his elbow, came back and won a Cy Young. So, yeah. And so, like, guys like this, where who knows, they might have a long injury patch, but maybe during that injury patch, they gain another pitch. They figure out that they work on another part of their game. Some yep. of the really good pitchers do this work on another part of their game, they come back even better than they were before because they have the stuff plus the the mindset, like the the intangible stuff that they work on when they're hurt. So, but that's just the positive side. Now that, yeah. it's a long I, road. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because Justin Verlander is exactly who I'm thinking of when I say, well, if he pitches well into his 40s, you know, there's there's a chance for him to make the Hall of Fame. Not well into his 40s, but pitches well comma into his 40s yeah um because uh 
you know, there there is precedent there with Justin Verlander and guys like Jamie Moyer. Jamie Moyer pitched to his 49, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot about you. You remember that, Jamie mm-hmm. Moyer? Um, and not That's saying great. Jacob DeGrom is going to do that, but maybe there's a chance that Jake, Jacob DeGrom says, man, I did not get to pitch much in my late 30s. I want to keep going. And he pulls a Jamie Moyer. I mean, Jamie Moyer had age 45. He was worth 2.5 wins above replacement. 44, he was worth 2. 43, he was worth 1.9. 42, he was worth 2.5. Um, 46.6. 47.2. Even 40, age 49, he was worth 0.1 win above replacement. All right? That's not a lot. But, like, all these little numbers help. And so if he could pitch into his 40s and at 45 match what Jamie Moyer was doing at 2.5, like, then it's an easy you're easily crossing the bar for hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously that's taking one, one guy that pitched late into his career and saying, well, this guy did it. So Jacob deGrom could do it, which is obviously well, ridiculous. But I mean, there's at least precedents where you can be like, yeah, I could, cause he's sitting at almost 45 wins above replacement. It's just another 15 win above replacement stretch. That's why I brought up the bullpen thing, because like, I always, I think about like a John Smoltz, you know, like getting converted into the, as a closer later in his career. And he was good, you know, like good for a while there at the end where it's like, Hey, if you can get another two or three years out of your career, but in the bullpen, why not? Well, let's look at this this way. Josh Hader in 312 games out of the bullpen has been worth 10.2 baseball reference wins above replacement. So we probably need to be better than Josh Hader. Good luck. Yeah. Um, which might be hard, but if you can get a couple years of starting in there and then finish out his year as a closer, I could see it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, his market has, has dropped significantly. And obviously there's some more to be dropped if the hall of fame is no longer on the table. And it, and really the fact that we're talking about a dude who came up at 26, 26 years old, he got called up. This isn't a 21 year old. Or a 22-year-old. Um, this is a 26-year-old that got called up. And here he is. Talking about Hall of Fame. It's insane. I'm going to remember that. That he got his rookie year. He was 26. Because I didn't realize that until today. When I'm thinking about pitchers. Like, oh, this pitcher's too old. You know, obviously it's a stretch. If their rookie year is, you know, they're. 26th or rookie year but jacob grounded it so you never know now yeah and part of me feels like for some reason did he pitch that entire time was he drafted as something else um he didn't pitch in 2011 he pitched in 2010 rookie ball 2012 he threw 89 innings as a 24 year old in a ball so like he missed 20 2011 probably due to injury Jeez, oh, beat. And he started, he started, check this out, rookie ball as a 22 year old pitcher, rookie ball out of. Isn't that insane? What was that? Sorry. 519 ERA as a 22 year old college pitcher in rookie ball, his first season of the minors. And he's gone from that to, you know, we're talking about him missing the Hall of Fame because of injuries. Crazy. So amazing. Um, that's all I got today, though, Jimbo. Uh, 
And uh, anything else from you? Nope. The only thing I, well, I guess, yeah, I can't say nope and then say something, but so yes. Uh, I just want to say that I am 30 years old now. It's my birthday. And it's that it's just awesome. I'm very grateful that I get to do this show podcast with you every week, talk baseball. I talk, I, I could talk baseball 24 seven, literally I could, I'm get pretty close to some most days, <laughs> but there are some days my, you know, my wife will ask me a question about flowers or something where I have to deviate from my baseball talk, yep. but no, just very grateful for all that. Um, love the hobby, what it's done, people I met through it and, it's going to be a fun summer. It's going to be, we got a lot of baseball left and I'm excited for, uh, we got the national around the corner oh, yeah. and, and a lot, a lot, a lot more fun episodes throughout the season or throughout the year. Yes, sir. I agree. I'm excited. I'm excited to see you at the national. I haven't seen Jimbo in uh in almost a year now. So oh, that'll be fun. And, uh, also remember everyone, please, if you have a favorite Jimbo story or a oh, favorite yeah. Jimbo moment from dinging corners, put it in the comments below. Um, if you're listening on podcasts, hop over to YouTube, Slabstocks YouTube, and uh, put a comment in there, and let's uh, make Jimbo's birthday Appreciate a little it. special. Oh, um, so uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Dinging Corners. Thank you, Jimbo, for hopping on on your birthday. He is a man of the people committed to the art of the podcast. And uh, we will talk to you all next Friday. Deuces!